Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and today I'm very excited to have one of our friends back. And so this is Candace Duggar again, because uh, we have interest in helping leaders work with our cultures so that they can create something that is bullying free. Because you know what? Our kids want to be Christ-like characters, but sometimes they just don't have the tools. And sometimes as leaders, you know, I've run Sunday school classes, I've run youth groups, and I know how hard it is to find tools and ideas for creating a culture that is healthy and strong. So Candace is back today during bullying month and, um, I'm sure there's a better name for that. Um, but anyway, uh, to, to give some tips to leaders on creating a bully-free culture. So Candace, say hi and give us updates on what's going on in your world right now. Wow. Well, Vicki, thank you so much. First of all, thank you for having me um, back again to really talk about this topic. This is something that, you know, we, our family, for those of you who've heard our story a little bit, when we came into homeschooling, I was actually, I have to tell you, coming from the public and private school world, I don't know why I was shocked, but I was a little bit shocked that there were so little resources talking about bullying and really how to help um, help children that were healing from it. And so we have, we have a lot going on. As you know, it's anti-bullying month in October. It's normally the time that most of the targets have been picked, especially with things moving online now and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. cyberbullying's picking up and things. So it's mm-hmm. definitely a busy month for us at Bully Broken Redeemed. But with that, I find there's a lot of hope because there is help and there's redemption. And through a lot of these things, children can learn and families can learn about themselves and grow closer together. So even though these can be really dark and difficult times, it really is a way that God can use these horrible experiences that have happened in people's lives to help them moving forward in a place of healing. And I love what you said, you know, the, that word hope is we do not live in a hopeless world because we have Christ and God gives wisdom to people to share. And so Candace, I'm wondering if you could share some ideas for those of us who are in leadership positions of any kind on how to create a bullying free culture. What are some healthy things we can do? Well, first, I think we actually have to start with a conversation of acknowledging that we have an issue. Many times in our homeschool communities, we're seen as isolated bubbles. And a little bit of it, I think, is a false sense of security that there might not be bullying happening or that doesn't happen here or we homeschool our children. So that's not an issue we need to be concerned about when actually it's it's something that is everywhere. Anywhere you're going to find children of seven or more, it's something we need to at least acknowledge and know about. And I have found consistently in the homeschool community and in many uh, different areas in private schools or especially summer camps, my goodness, run, bullying runs rampant in summer camps, mm-hmm. that there's just a very little lack of training. It's not that people don't want to help or don't quite know what to do. There's very little training to equipping leaders and co-op leaders and teachers, not only on how to identify it and know if we're dealing with conflict or bullying or, or really identifying it, but putting words together and then giving students the tools and parents the tools and resources to help curb the behavior, to teach other children who are seeing the behavior is not right 
what tools they can use to have the courage to sometimes say something that can make a huge difference if the child's in a, in a safe place to be able to do that. And I think you're right. It starts in leadership. Mm-hmm. When leadership acknowledges that we need to take a look at it, and I want everybody on our campus to be safe, and times are changing and things are transitioning, this is the way we're going to conduct ourselves. And at number one, do groups have, as they're looking in leadership, do they have a basic anti-bullying policy? Do they have a code, even within their code of conduct, mm-hmm. does their code of conduct run outside of their group? What happens if students are texting each other? Is that something that the co-op group is taking on or leaving amongst the parents? And mm-hmm. if there is a complaint, is something said? Do you offer things like anonymous bullying reporting? Is that part of, if you have a larger group or leadership, is there a way since 70% of children never speak up, is there a way that somebody could even notify you that, hey, I'm seeing something for someone to pay attention to? Mm -hmm. There's some basics, right? And then even within classes and co-op structures and leaderships, if they see something, is there a way that your teachers, if it's kind of something above their hands to be able to handle right there, that there's a way to be able to talk about it and have some procedures in place? And then for the children that are hurting or the victims of bullying, which can run rampant. I mean, we see many times over and over again, Vicki, families leaving church groups, leaving youth groups, leaving co-ops and not coming back because it was one student that was causing a problem. And they just, they choose not to come back. They may not say anything. They just don't come back. No one wants to feel that way, right? I mean, we all want to at least know if there's an issue that we can tackle it and take it head on. And, and I think what you pointed out is at the, the structural level to have some policies in place, whether it's a co-op or group classes or any organization, even with adults, you know, mm-hmm. that how, how you lay the structure for an organization, if something is wrong, here are some ways to speak up. And that is a life skill. If grownups learn that and kids learn that, they can carry that into the rest of their lives so that the power to speak up and who to speak up to and what the policy says the grown-ups will do about it. Absolutely. Because as you're talking about, this isn't, bullying is not an issue that's just for children. Mm-hmm. It is something that in the workplace, many people are going to be dealing with. And we need to equip our youth with skills to be able to not only just handle conflict, which is different than bullying, but how are they going to self-advocate if they can for themselves? What boundaries can they put in? What tools can we advocate for them to have? So as they go off to college, as they're going off onto social media and other platforms, if they're met with a bully or they're met with somebody attacking them, how are they going to respond in an appropriate way? And as we are in our homeschool community, seeing an explosion of new families coming in, it's something, especially online in our co-op groups and in our support groups, We need to at least have the conversations of equipping our kids with resources. If we can take the time and give them even some very basic training as a group, and it's something that I'm seeing some co-ops actually, I'm very proud of several co-ops that are taking the initiative even in the beginning of the year of doing some very basic what our expectations are and some basic training. Some of them are even bringing in anti-bullying training within their co-ops in Christ-like ways to show other children how you can respond with courage if you see it, or if this is happening to you online or in these things, here's the tools that you can use to stop it. And so as a leader, it's something to consider. Uh, We do about 14 different workshops at Bullied Broken that we do online and we can train anywhere, but there's many different resources out there to at least equip your students with tools. 
And I think you'll find what's really interesting, I, I find over and over in the homeschool community, is many parents uh, may have dealt with bullying when they were younger, but no one taught them or gave them the skills to really deal with it. And now they don't feel equipped to teach their own children. Right. So you're actually providing a service for the entire family. There are many adults that still carry deep wounds and pain, and it's hard for them to even help and equip their own children. And so you're actually able to help generations to give them the tools that they can start to have some conversations on how they can help when the situation comes up. I, I am constantly getting messages from parents in the homeschool community who are still struggling with bullying as an adult, and they're looking for resources and help. So if, if you were a co-op mom, you know, and y'all are getting things pulled together for the beginning of the school year, where would you start? So as a co-op leader mom? Yeah. Okay. So a couple things. I actually did a workshop for leaders right before COVID lockdown and was able to do it with HSLDA with Darren at HSLDA. And they have some wonderful, I would recommend if I'm a leader, starting with looking at policies and they have several different options. So it's not like a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to make their own choices, but they have several that they recommend and already have laid out for you as policies that you can adapt that do address bullying, code of conduct, what our expectations are. So I would pull out your basic handbook, take a look at where it is. And are there things where your policies are as a co-op leader that need to be adjusted? If you've never taken on or even put in place a situation for dealing with bullying, it's probably time because it only takes one student, one incident, and you have an issue. You know, let me jump in really quick for new co-ops. Yes. Because there's so many people starting homeschooling this year. Oh, yes. If you want some ideas for writing policies and pulling that kind of stuff together, just the basics, like, you know, the basic policies, Carol Top is a expert at policies for and it sounds boring you know for but it's really a good idea yeah it's so important yeah this is how we're going to do things and so she has a podcast here on the network and i will put links to some of her episodes that just give the step by step on just basic infrastructure and i'm sure she has those within there so making sure yeah. what you're picking are they within there mm -hmm. and then as you're beginning your school year Obviously, ages are going to be a difference, right? Are we dealing with youngers or olders? Are there different ages? But I would consider doing a very basic training, at least in your first 30 days, of understanding expectations and bullying and what students can do if they're coming across an issue or seeing something. Sometimes just opening the door of a conversation, Vicki, to allow permission for people to say something is a lot. It gives them space. Yeah. Yeah, it just gives them space and permission. It's it's the, we're not afraid to tackle that issue, right? Mm -hmm. And we want everyone to feel safe and secure when you're here or you're not here, you're interacting with other students. Yeah. So bring it to our attention and we'll address it. Very good. Many times it's just the conversation can stop the behavior. I have found that evil only bows to authority. The question becomes, who is the authority, Right. If the authority says something and will curb the behavior and stay on top of it, then the bullying can stop pretty quickly. It's when it's allowed to get out of hand and continue to escalate that we have problems. Right. And so the leaders need to be willing to 
hear if someone talks to them about a situation that was uncomfortable mm -hmm. and have the power to do something with that. So if you don't have a policy in place about how to deal with bullying, it's time to graciously address that yeah. so that, you know, the kids who, who fall into bullying behaviors very often are just projecting their brokenness. And so there are ways that, that leaders can address that, but also protect all the other kids um, because they don't want to be the, the projectees. So. And if you're a leader out there and you're quite not quite sure where to start, um, one of the workshops we do is equipping leaders to understand Gen Z bullying. And it really is kind of the 101 to 102, basic to intermediate. This is what it is. These are the myths about bullying. This is what's currently it looks like. Here are ways that you can identify it quickly, look at it and be able to put names to the types of things and, and identify it. And also, how do you document if a family is coming to you? What is documenting a case of bullying look like? Yeah. When do you know if you need to get outside help? When do you know if it's kind of moved beyond something that you can handle within your, your co-op and you need to advise the family? All of those types of things. We do. It, it's lovely that you guys have pulled together so many different workshops and resources because, you know, none of us are, are trained in, you know, recognizing this, you know, in my generation, because I'm of a certain age, uh, they, they, people just accepted that bullying is part of life. And so it toughens you up. But when you actually look at research, that is not what bullying is for. It's no. not for toughening up kids. And these days, just the way our world is with the digital opportunities for things to go wrong, um, we really need to be able to equip our co-ops, our kids and our adults uh, with some skills and tools for helping kids because they, they all want help. They do. And bullying is not just as simple as a little teasing or picking or two people walking away. You're talking about a behavior that's meant and intent to put that person down and harm them. And when we have suicide, that's the second leading cause of children 10 and up. Mm -hmm. It is something we need to pay attention to. Yeah. Bully side runs rampant in our culture and we have to take it seriously. Our parents are the front line of defense. Yeah. And the reason we got into this work is because as a parent, when I was struggling with serious bullying with our oldest son, and I went to the school, it was, we'll take care of that. They kept you at an arm's length. There were mm -hmm. no resources. There was no mm -hmm. training to equip parents. It's all, you kind of go over there, we'll take care of this. And as parents, you need to know how to help your child through this. So that's really what we want to do is equip parents with the tools and resources and the training since they're on the front line of defense, they know. They just might not know how to help their child walk through it or heal or how to document or how to address leadership or even in the co-op world because we're all parents, right? We're all here in the homeschool community because we're wanting to raise our children in ways that we're you know, intimately involved in their education yeah. all the way up. Yeah. We, we need to um, have those skills as a parent to be able to do that. And sending them off to college in today's terms without some of those skills can be very difficult. So if we, if, if, you know, I had a, a homeschool mom contact me and say, Hey, we're, we're starting this year's co-op pretty soon, or we're, we're getting ready to kick off some health units or psychology units in the co-op. 
And we want to really address bullying so that everyone has skills for dealing with it. And I said, okay, well, let's go to Candace's website and get some resources there. What would people find there that would directly help them? So a homeschool co-op leader, Sunday school teacher, like what would they find that would be of help? So we offer several different things from leadership. I would take a look at some of our videos that we offer in training. If you're wanting to start in the very beginning, as we talked about earlier, equipping leaders to understand Gen Z bullying, but we also do a workshop of understanding Gen Z bullying, which is appropriate. Uh, we have two different groups that we offer, kind of the pre-K kindergarten to fifth grade, and then something that's appropriate fifth or sixth and up. Yeah. So we, we break them into two categories to equip and teach children and the parents, it sort of can be all done in one, what it is, and then tools. So we offer books, we offer workbooks, we offer workshops, we offer even little fun quizzes that the parents, their kids can see what they already know about bullying or think they know about bullying. We even do case studies for them to be able to play out. It depending on the age groups, obviously, that's yeah. typically for our older, our older kids, how they would handle different situations so that they can talk about them. Mm -hmm. We try to look at it from a holistic approach, and then we even step into healing. Mm. Because even when we identify it, one of the biggest pieces that get missed, even in leadership all across, is, okay, we've dealt with it, and now we're going to address the issue. How are we going to help this student who could have, depending on how long it's been going on, could it be dealing with some serious damage and healing? Can we help them begin that process of opening up and providing resources for them to start the journey forward so that it's not, okay, it was done, move on, get over it. Yeah. That we're actually helping equip them and providing parents with resources that they know where to go. Do they need to bring in counseling? Do they need mm -hmm. to maybe look at just providing their child some support? Sometimes we need to look at giving them the tools and the skills before we're introducing them into new groups of kids so they can work on these new skills so that they don't become a target again. One of the biggest myths is, oh, we'll just change schools, we'll change co-ops. If we haven't equipped the child and provided them with the skills that they need to not become a target again, and it is not the child's fault. I want to be really clear on that. Right, exactly. But there, it's not the child's fault. But there are sometimes things that can make them an easier target if we're not cognitive to help them know what to do if these things happen again so we don't fall in patterns that can be harmful for life. Yeah. And so we can equip them and teach them how to use their new skills. Little things like head up and shoulders up and the way we carry ourselves with confidence, right? Little things we can teach oh. children as they get older make a yeah. big difference. Yeah, that, that tickles me. I, I am well known for training all the young people I work with to keep your shoulders back and your chin up. Right, and it's important. <laughs> it's, it's just the nonverbals that speak about your... Um, safety and confidence. You're right. And so many times people wonder, well, why would you do that? And if you've ever seen the studies of a criminal that'll watch a parking lot and they can tell you who's the person who's going to get robbed because of their behavior, they know before it happens because they're sitting targets. It's the same thing with our kids. Can we help proof them a little bit that they're not as easy of targets? Can we teach them the confidence? Can we give them the tools to help carry them so they're not becoming a victim again in a new place? So, so what you have is kind of the, that from policy to education on bullying and then healing and redemption and empowerment to live confidently in life. So, well, what a lovely thing. So, all right. 
Oh, okay, so now we've got everybody's attention. <laughs> the, these are some good resources, and there really just are so few out there. So, Candace, tell everybody how to find you and your resources. So you can find us on our website at bullybrokenredeem.com. And I also run a Facebook group, same name. You can find me there. And then quite a few of our resources are also on Amazon. So you can look up Bully Broken Redeemed. You'll find quite a bit there. But if you started our website, you can connect with us, look at our training, find all of our resources. And that would be really the best place to start. And you can also connect with me there for the one-on-one we do in coaching and training. We had actually planned to start doing mini workshops and camps for families this fall, but due to COVID, we've had to push that off a little bit. <laughs> Just not doing that yet, yeah. Right? So we are excited to be able to start that as soon as we can for weekend retreats and healing for children who've really suffered from severe bullying. Yeah, that's wonderful. So everybody, now you know where the resources are and you know, we, we are presenting this, you know, Candace has worked on this from a viewpoint of God's work in healing. And so that's a, a real encouragement. So get a, a few minutes in your time and take a look at her website and look at her Facebook group, because I think you will find that as a blessing for your people that you are influencing and working for their lives to be good. So Candace, thank you for being with us again today. Thank you just for the platform and also the courage to have this conversation. It's a conversation we need to be having in our homeschool communities. And I just thank you for the opportunity to do that. So, so encouraged that you are out there doing this work. Well, this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We will see you next week.